Hey, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Yunuqua. And we're the hosts for the Kings of Hearts podcast. All right, so welcome back to the Kings of Hearts podcast. Andy here, checking in with you. Excited to introduce to you our guest today. We have Amir Kaligi on board with the Kings of Hearts today with Yunuqua and I. And wow, what a what a deep conversation that we all we all went down and was able to understand a little bit more about Amir's story and really get a clear grasp of why he does what he does. Amir is a men's leader. He is, in my eyes at least, a magician, a shaman, and a king, and a warrior. You know, he's, he's really a, a powerful embodiment of, of all those all of those archetypes and he he comes to our show today and really shares the depth of the work that he does and we get into talking about some some powerful reasons why men are called into this work we talk about initiation we talk about creating and cultivating a sound body in order to move energy and hold more energy as men we talk about masculine embodiment we deep into that a little bit more and so i want to pause here because i don't want to give away too much we trust that you will enjoy this episode definitely check the show notes and the description wherever you're watching this right now and go and check out amir's website and and look up what he's he's up to he has a men's embodiment circle virtual every wednesday and uh, it's an amazing experience i've been personally to it three or four times now and it's a great way to to connect with spirit connect with source and also really train that nervous system all right enjoy all righty welcome back on to the kings of hearts podcast excited today because we have a special guest on amir and please uh, correct me if I if I butcher your last name, Kaligi. Did I pronounce you that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm your Kaligi. Wicked. Yeah. Have a a good a good brother on today. Going going to go deep with him about embodied masculine, about men's work, and then anything else really that comes up. Uh, joining us as well is Yunuqua. As always, say hi, brother. Yo, what up, everybody? <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Kings of Heart style. On our podcast, Amir, we always drop in with a deep breath just to mm-hmm. tune into the body. So gonna invite both of you guys as well as our listeners to, if you feel like it, you can close your eyes down. Drop down below the neck. Feeling all parts, all sensations, no judgment. Taking a deep breath together. Inhale through the nose. Big exhale through the mouth. <sighs> Taking a pause here, even after the breath. Allowing the dust to settle. And then slowly making our way back. A little bit more embodied. Yeah. So, Amir, man, like we're we're excited to have you on our podcast today. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. It's been on our it's been on our radar to to go deep with you. You know, we've sat in your your men's circles on Wednesday evenings a few times now. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this is an organic path. It's like, okay, we're going to sit with him. We're going to go deep. We're going to experience the medicine. And then, and then we're going to, we're going to understand it 
a little bit more and then share that with our listeners, our audience. Mm -hmm. So um, would love just to start this off by, by learning a little bit about you, man. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is also personal because I don't know uh, a great deal about your story Mm -hmm. uh, and like why, like how you came to do this work. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna yeah. throw the ball in your court, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for that invitation to share about myself. Um, well, <clears throat> I started working with men at the age of 23. I'm 52 now, so I've been working with men for uh, over 28 years in one form or another. Uh, I started working uh, with men in the realm of uh, addiction um, for a really long time, over 20 years. Uh, within that time frame, um, I was very active in martial arts. I, and I, um, kind of mentored men through martial arts for over 10 years. And in 2018, I was invited to teach and participate in one of my friend, my good friend, John's, um, retreats, um, uh, John's daughter and my daughter were friends. We've known each other since we were in our early 20s. This is John Wine. And so when I went to uh, I, when I went to teach, I was also invited to participate. And within that workshop, I, I had a couple of really profound experiences that changed the trajectory of my life. So up until that that point to 2018, working with men was something I did on the side. It was not a vocation. It was not something, you know, it, it was not my livelihood. It was just something that was in my heart to do. And so I did it. Uh, I, I, you know, I grew up without a father figure. I saw life through the prism of my mother's eyes in many ways. I had to self-initiate to break that mold uh, through drugs and alcohol, which is probably the, one of the worst ways to self-initiate, but you know we do it with what, what, we, what we have. And by the time I was 23, I was done with that world and I really wanted to, to kind of walk a spiritual path. I wanted to walk a path of uh, knowing myself better, um, what drives me, uh, my connection to um, something greater than myself. And so my journey began at the age of 23. And um, it was in my heart to work with men because I didn't have a, a father in my own life. I had to kind of instruct what it meant to be a man in the world on my own and based on my uh, interactions and influences. And around that 23, 24, it, um, I, I started to fall into uh, men's groups and uh, soon was surrounded by men that had something that I did. There was a sense of self. There was a sense of groundedness. There was a sense of integrity. There was a sense of knowing who they were. I remember um, meeting this man who his daughter worked at where I had met, I, I met him to get some support. And the way he related to his daughter was nothing I had in my life. There was a, there was a connection, there was a groundedness. And, uh, and, and up until that point, I had bullshitted my way through life. <laughs> okay. And caused 
caused a lot of uh, trouble and havoc. And um, so I wanted what these men had. And it put me on that path. And, and soon I, what I received, I wanted to give back. So I started working with men. In 2018, I had this really this profound clarity of vision of what the second half of my life was going to be about. And it was to be all in, in this realm and to ultimately became clear to me. I mean, it, in, in that, in that retreat, it became clear to me that what I was doing had uh, come to an end. I, I, I used to own a, another company that was paying all the bills. Uh, I was a professional actor. Um, and after that retreat, all of that was going to come to an end. Uh, I called my um, agent after I got back from that retreat and I just stopped it. I said, I'm done. Um, and I, and, and subsequently embodied masculine started within weeks after I had this kind of vision of what I was here to create. And I needed to subsidize my, you know, there wasn't, there was, it was just an idea. It was a concept and embodied masculine wasn't what it is today. And, um, but I had this heart pull that I followed and I kind of went into the unknown and really trusted that. Um, subsequently, um, the clarity of what I was doing in the world became clear. And that was to free men from what they've been sold, this bill of goods that they need something outside of themselves to feel fulfilled whole and um, to connect them to a part of themselves that's connected to the natural world and also to um, others in a more intimate, meaningful way. And um, so what am I here to do? I'm here to bring 100 million men to the feet of the Great Mother. That's, that's my impossible goal. It's impossible. And that was something I learned that, you know, you, you want to make this goal unreachable because it'll start to show you the kind of man that you need to be to be able to do something like that. So it really amplified the traits that I needed to more powerfully step into to be that, to, to be that. And subsequently, you know, um, you know, uh, I, I started, um, studying in certain realms of uh, deity yoga and, and um, uh, my flavor of men's work started to take shape. Um, and it's really important for those that are in leadership positions, because I know you guys as well um, are of service to other men and whoever else is thinking about whether it's serving men or whatever, you know, it's really important to be, committed to one's inner voice, to be committed to one's own uh, vernacular and language and um, clarity of heart of what they're here to bring, right? And many of us come in with entanglements. Many of us come with lots of holes in this temple body, uh, fears and um integrity issues, being out of integrity with ourselves and others and resentments. And, and what we come into uh, men's work or any kind of spiritual path, 
with 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 these with these holes that drain energy. And for us to step more and more powerfully into the version that we are meant to step into, we have to deal with these holes. We have to start to become a sound body. And the the biggest the biggest thing I can say is that if the body is sound, you're going to be able to hold higher levels of energy. And in higher levels of energy, there's higher levels of consciousness and clarity. So um, to step more powerfully into your path, I would say, you know, the work is inward. Everything that you do is inward. And so I started creating programs to deal with those holes. I started creating programs. Uh, so Embodied Masculine started uh, at the end of 2018. Um, and I started with a four-month program. I did my I did a workshop. That was my first offering. Uh, from there, I started uh, in uh, kind of an in-person embodiment circle what you guys experience now is the men's embodiment circle and uh i i just became really steadfast in serving my purpose like i didn't it didn't matter if i had one man in my circle or if i had 10 or 100 or 10,000 my my message was going to be the same because i answered to something greater than these men right I, I answer to something greater than than my to myself, right? So that was the relationship that I um, really listened to and followed in 2018. And up until 2018, I was doing that in my own way, right? But in 2018, the curtains really opened up, and I began to wholeheartedly um, go all in. And by the end of 2019, I walked away from that other business which was actually bringing in revenue. <laughs> and up until that moment, I was, you know, you know, one of the things that I had to work really with around was detaching from or, or loosening my grip or detaching from uh, money. Like, you know, money couldn't be the thing that made me feel well. You know, the worship of money was not going to be it. So I had to, you know, I walked away from something that was making me, that was bringing in money, but it was not in alignment with where I was going. And every time I put my attention on that other thing, I felt drained. I felt like, like sad. It was pulling on me. And so I walked away from that. And the moment I did that, like my embodied masculine just went, like it opened up even more. So that's kind of the path. And now it's been, I guess, four years since uh, Embodied Masculine. And we're a really beautiful, thriving community of men supporting each other. Uh, strong, heart-centered men, um, embodied men, men that are less, you know, lost in their minds and more in their bodies and connected to their hearts and living their lives. Dude, that was so cool, man. And I got a big smile on my face because it was just like, man, like, it's so refreshing to be receiving that from somebody else, not just <laughs> Andy and I, you know, saying this and regurgitating it for, for someone mm -hmm. who is so involved in this work. And yeah, dude, just thanks for sharing that. And I just mm -hmm. feel, I feel so much, I feel so much more closer to you now. Like, mm -hmm. I want to hang out with you now after this. Yeah, I'm real. I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not just teacher. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's exactly it. Thank you for that.
Yeah, everybody. Amir's a man. He's he's a, he's a man. He's a brother. He's a, he's he's on this planet. He's flesh just like us. So, um, man, you said a lot of great. Thank you for thank you for transmitting that that path, that story that you've been on. So many points have res, resonating with me personally as well. Um, we can probably go in a million different directions. Maybe we have you back on because I know that we're uh, we're on a specific time frame here, but. I think the direction I want to take this is why, why men, why today? Like, like from your, from your perspective, why is it important? Why is it crucial for men to, you know, as you said, like drop down and be so present, have a sound body. Look at those, look at those holes, start to reconcile that integrity. Why do you feel like it's, it's so crucial? Mm -hmm. Good question. Men cause more unconscious harm to this planet than any any other being. Um, men who are disconnected from themselves and from the natural world give permission to themselves to subjugate and hurt their feminine counterparts and 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 hurt the earth. And in addition to um, anytime you live from an unconscious, unconscious really means just disconnected from that, that deep sense of self. Okay. And disconnected from the natural world, which we are intrinsically a part of. We are as much part of this, the grass that I see outside my window, to the air that I breathe, to the fire in my heart, to my feet on the earth, just because we are not here without the earth. Let's be clear. There is no humans without earth. We're intrinsically connected. And somewhere in history, and we can go into that if that's where you want to go. Many, many talk about patriarchy and such, but um, somewhere in history, man was disconnected from his spirit. They said you need an intermediary in order to connect to that. And it's an ascended out of the body connection. So everybody's like praying to something outside of themselves. That didn't work for me anymore. I tried that for 20 plus years, trying to connect to God outside of myself. Now, is there ascension in consciousness? Yes, but there is no connection without first going into the body and connecting to the earth. Okay. And through that connection, men cannot um, hurt what they are consciously know they are a part of. They're not going to hurt women. They're not going to hurt the earth. They're not going to unconsciously plow through the earth and do whatever the fuck they want. Right? So, um, why men? Why now? Because we desperately need it. The paradigm of masculinity in its current state, I mean, we've tried different versions of it. In the 1960s, we got, you guys are too young to know who Alan Alda is, but it was like this very passive, just this passive character. It was very effeminate, right? And the notion was right. The notion is, yes, we are not just we're not just do as i say like 1950s man like you know you do you know that's that's the 
you know, that's the tyrant archetype of the king, right? And so in the 60s, they we 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 swung the other way and we became really passive. Just really passive, like completely passive about everything. That didn't work either because we come from a you know, we come from thousands of years of, of uh, environmental impact on our DNA of the way we have um, thrived and survived and, and integrated on this planet. Like the warrior archetype is part of us. You can't, you can't wish it away. You can't pretend it's not there, right? So these archetypes started to pop up and they were, they were, expressed first and foremost by Carl Jung. Later on, they were developed um, and kind of expanded upon uh, by Gillette and Moore, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. And these guys said, look, these energies, if they're not fully expressed or in service to something greater than themselves, potentially could go into their shadows to get fulfilled and expressed. And that's why you have unconscious behavior that ravages, right? And we can talk about the shadows of the archetype of the warrior, the sadist and the masochist. We can talk about the shadows of the uh, magician, um, the manipulator or the innocent one, right? Um, we can talk about the uh, shadows of the lover, which is the, uh, the addict or the impotent one. And we can talk about the shadow of the king, the tyrant or the weakling. These shadows are, are states of unconsciousness that give men permission to become, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I'll take what I want, right? Uh, I will dominate, you know, I, I, you know, that paradigm is crumbling. Now, it's not going to completely dismantle itself in my lifetime, but guess what? I know my place in the fabric of life and I'm playing my role in this time, in this space to fulfill my part in repairing that fabric to reconnecting men back into the fabric and that fabric being nothing more than what I call the great mother, which is, you know, mm. all the life that resonates on this earth and in other areas where life emanates. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. And it's this blueprint to this, this path, like, uh, you know, something that Yunuka and I have found uh, in our service is men are, men are hungry to look within they just don't know where to start and, or they think they got to do it on their own. Yeah. I think they got to do it on their own and men need men, men need men. Exactly. Men need men. And uh, you, you mentioned something in your story around like self-initiation, right? Mm -hmm. And sure there, there could be men who need to go down that path, but I think we're coming to this, this crossroads now in 2023, where that doesn't have to be a thing, right? With your community, with our community, with many, many, many other communities that there's a movement happening that doesn't have to be a thing. And that initiation, I don't know if you have anything you want to speak on about that initiation, yeah. How, yeah. how important that is. Yeah. It's, it's without initiation, you have boys running the world. You have boys running the world, right? Yeah. And so in initiation, the takeaway from the initiation is first and foremost, you put somebody through something arduous, right? It's almost like a death. So traditionally what would happen is a young man would be taken from his mother's bed 
and by a group of the community of the men in the community. The mother would be wailing and screaming. The young boy's like, what the fuck is going on? The mother is losing her. The mother's in on it, by the way. Like she knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> the men take the boy, they run the boy sometimes with other other boys through an ordeal, through through something that confronts them and puts in perspective for them that there's something greater than you in this life. And when they overcome that, they're marked with something that reminds them, whether it's a cut or some sort of a brand, some sort of a reminder. And then they are welcomed into the group of other men that have gone through a similar process. One of the main takeaways from initiation is you wake up to the fact that life is not about you. It's not about you. It's about you knowing where you your post is and where you're supposed to step into, where, where you are called to go. You know, I, I personally believe each man comes here with knowledge of that in his heart, and it is his job to excavate that. And the second act is to step into that, to fulfill his soul's calling while we dance this dance on this planet. And initiation does that. It puts things in perspective. It, tell, it talks about community being bigger than the individual. That's why, you know, you know, there's, you know, leadership, good leadership is not about what do I get out of it? It's what's the highest good. That's how I'm going to make my decision. When I make decisions about embodied masculine, I make decisions about what is best for the community. I had a retreat uh, some years ago that, um, you know, I won't go into the details of it, but um, I had a friend that was not willing to comply with certain agreements of the retreat, of the agreement, uh, of the retreat. And the highest good was for him not to come. Now, personally, that hurt me because I didn't want that to happen. But I don't make decisions based on self. I make decisions based on the greater good of my community, of my kingdom. Now, my kingdom is my, my home. It's my, the community that, I'm, that, that I represent. And everybody, that's the king archetype. And we can talk about how to identify a king in, in his, a true king in his community. The true king brings order out of chaos. There was chaos. I don't want to come. Yeah, I don't want to do this. Like, boom, I'm order. Greatest good. Okay. The second, the second indicator is, is you can tell because life is growing within his community. Grass is growing. The people are happy. You know, that like it's it's thriving. Life force is moving through it. And that king has one foot on the earth. Now he can put the other foot in the stars, right? One foot in the earth, one foot in the stars. And that's how he, that's how he makes decisions. It's not about you. Mm. That's what initiation does. It, it says it's not about you, man. Something bigger is at play here. Yeah, I love that. 
I got an interesting question and I'll, I'll throw it to you Nikwit, after because I feel like I'm hogging the mic a little bit, but um, does initiation choose you or do you choose initiation or is, you know, is initiation that sort of a, chooses you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a responsibility of the community to have a mechanism in place for the boys. You know what happens when there's a great story about um, these elephants, uh, these, uh, this African reserve, um, this African reserve, they wanted to save money. So the elephants they brought were just the mothers and the children. They didn't bring any bull elephants when they filled up their reserve. And I don't know, 15, 17 years down the line, you had mothers and teen elephants. And what they were seeing were these elephants, they're, they're what's called Sith. And this is like the, the, hormone, this adolescent hormone that was running through them, they were going ballistic. They were like killing other animals on the reserve, which is really unheard of for elephants. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they brought in the specialist to observe what was happening. And within like five or six hours, he's like, oh, I know what's going on. <laughs> There's no bull elephants here. He flies in a handful of bull elephants and within days it goes away. Why does it go away? Because when you bring initiated men into a community, young boys learn how to self-regulate that energy much better than if there was no man present. That's why, that's why men need men. That's why initiation is a mechanism that, that the elders of a community that need to bring that forth for boys. Otherwise, you just get boys that grow into men boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I read a little piece on your, your website a couple of days ago. It was like, it was like a little, it was a line on your about page or something. And it said, boys are born, men are made. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you recall that. Um, but yeah. I just thought of that line just kind of came up for me as you were telling that story. Thanks. Great story. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Amir, I don't know why I do, but I'm very emotional listening to you right now. Mm. And I feel like it's very like ancient sage. Like, I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of like my dad, mm. you know, of another elder in the community and just like, like listening to your wisdom. And I'm in fucking awe, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm really starstruck. And I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal. It's just, it's just really refreshing to hear your leadership come through and to hear the vision you have like that. Like when you said to serve a hundred million men, like that's a big, hairy fucking goal. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like the fact that as I'm sure as you would say, the great mother gave that to you or that, or that was transmitted to you is like, mm -hmm. that's fucking powerful, man. And, and, and I guess my question is like for you, this and I was I was writing this down like as you were saying like getting so in touch with your inner voice, having a sound body, um, alignment towards your purpose, like how are you ensuring that you stay tethered to that, that you're not getting distracted? If that makes sense. I just, I don't, I don't have uh, as many um, 
attachments and um, vices that maybe I had when I was younger. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm human, but I, I'm devotional. I'm deeply devotional to, you know, to my understanding of, of that divine power. Um, everything I, I do, I, I, you know, I don't look at, I don't, I don't have side deals. Like, you know, I go where I'm supposed to go. I don't, I don't do side deals. If that makes sense. You know, like I don't do this to get this, you know, I, I feel into whether there's resonance, right. If there's alignment and, you know, I knew there was alignment to come and talk to you guys. Why? Because you're part of the hundred million, not because of you two, but because of what the number of men you will bring, because the number of men you bring adds to my 100 million. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I've influenced and impacted you in any way to empower you and you bring a thousand, 10,000, hundred, whatever, guess what? I'm like, I like that. So I feel, I feel like I, I just answer to one. I answer to one. I don't answer to money. I don't answer to fame. I don't answer to prestige. You know? And I've had to work through all that shit. I've had to lose the dream house. Right? I've had to lose a hundred thousand dollar investment. I've had to like learn how to detach from worshiping that. I've already done that. I've already worshipped uh, a woman. Right? I'm incredibly, I love my wife more than anything on this planet, right? But I, I'm not attached to her. Do you understand? Like, if she wanted, if she wanted to like leave and that was in her highest good and that's what she wanted, um, I would be, I would grieve deeply, but you know, I, I'm not, I, I've burned a lot of my attachments. I've burned a lot of my attachments. So that frees me to be incredibly, you know, free to be devotional in what I do. And, um, you know, uh, and I surround myself with people that elevate me. Show me who you hang out with, and, you know, and I'll tell you where you're going to be in five years, right? That's the famous quote. Show me like the top five people you hang out with. So I, 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 there are, there are people I love, but I may not want to hang out with them. You know, you know, so I try to be around people who believe in my magic. <laughs> that believe in me, right? And in what I'm here to do. And vice versa, that are doing similar things in their lives. Like, you know, I surround myself with, with people that lift me up. Thank you for that, sir. I appreciate that. Mm, you're welcome. I appreciate that a lot. And again, it, it just really speaks to your leadership. And a question that Andy and I had written out was like, for you, like what, what does, what does masculine embodiment look like for our listeners? Because Andy and I have been to it 
We've felt it. We've seen it. How would you communicate it to our listeners? Well, from your perspective, you know, like, like, like what yeah. do you want people to know, to receive? Yeah. Masculine embodiment. I mean, I can talk about it, but I, I would rather each man discover what it feels like mm. and what it feels like is a deep sense of presence. A space where a man feels comfortable in silence if silence is going deeper than talking. Right? Breath is moving through the body. Right? Depth, presence, connection, and a sense of wholeness of self. Right? I'm sure you guys have um, read Iron John. Maybe you have. Maybe you have you read Iron John, the book Iron John. Put it on your list. <clears throat> Put it on your list. And this is by one of the really founders of men's work is Robert Bly. And um, his flavor of men's work is myth-based, mythopic, myth-based. Uh, in his teachings and he talks about the uh, he there's a lot that he talks about there's but there's these three stages of the night and in the stage of red that masculine energy is just running through and it's just fucking everywhere it's just like spilling everywhere it's like there's no container for it that's what you see teenagers right just like it's just coming out of them, right? As they mature, as a man matures, he wants to do good, but he hasn't, he hasn't, he, in, in the next stage, it's the white stage. So red, white. In the white stage, he's kind of, he want, he's growing up, he's grown up, he's, you know, he wants to do good in the world, but he's not aware of, the shadows that are running in the background that are perpetuating his actions. And in the last stage, in the black stage, he stops, he turns, he faces his shadows and he eats them. He eats, he integrates his shadows into himself. That creates a sense of wholeness within a man. So that's why in my space, I'm constantly redirecting men inward, 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 and becoming aware of what those attachments are, what those shadow states are. And there's plenty of, you know, uh, there's plenty of different modalities in facing those shadows that, you know, can serve a man. Yeah, Yanuko and I, we've said it many times, in our own little visualization, but it isn't about slaying the dragon. It's about riding it. it. So that came up for me when you were saying the, the, the black stage, you, the, the man looks at his shadows and eats them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that that's really important to, to reiterate the, for men, because a lot of guys, when they are first coming up with their, like meeting their shadow, it's scary. They'll, they'll get into like your survival, state or survival trigger of fight, flight, or freeze, right? 
Yeah. And that, and I, I also believe that's, that's an important reason why we got to practice our and train our nervous system to mm-hmm. meet that, which we want to run away from. Yeah. And what, what we're usually running away from is something where at a certain stage in our life, we couldn't handle trauma too much, too fast in the nervous system, couldn't deal with it, fight or flight or fawn, right? Or freeze, right? And what happened is we, we abandoned ourselves before the cycle of that, that charge was completed, okay? And then what happens is that begins to live in the body, that unexpressed charge, that wound, right? Couldn't handle it. Part of you knows why. You're like, fucking, I couldn't handle it. Bounce, right? We go live our lives and we don't want to go back there because we know we can't handle it. But the problem is you're not the same person you were five years ago. So you've picked up some insights, you've picked up community, you've picked up some courage along the way. And the the knock on the door is, hey, man, it's time to look at this. And what's the knock on the door? You get scenarios that keep repeating similar scenarios that keep repeating that point back to that. That's why when somebody is in a you know trauma response you know, hasn't dealt with it, their situations keep repeating. But that's just pointing you to to the fact that it's time. The bell is ringing. It's time. And in a way, you have to die to the old self as you move closer and closer to that wound that you don't want to look. Because to you, it means annihilation. But as soon as you touch it, breathe it, work through it, let the cycle complete, express what didn't get fully expressed in that moment, boom, gold on the other side. Gold on the other side. Like, immediately, like, healing starts to pour in. You level up. Life brings something new into the picture. That's eating the shadow. The willingness to go into that dark hole. Right? Now, I don't recommend people doing that alone. Shadow work should be done with with some support, whether it's by a you know somatic therapist, um, um, you know, uh, family systems, uh, plant medicine guided plant medicine journey, whatever it is your method to go into that space that's how we become whole right and we 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 see newer versions of ourselves <laughs> this is good this is really good <laughs> hey so the question i have for you this is something we wrote down i'm gonna change gears because i really want to hear your change response. it up i really want to hear your response before we this sucker ends what are the gaps that you see in this industry, in men's work, in, yeah, like from your perspective and from your experience as well? Well, one of the main things that I talk about that I don't hear enough about 
in our industry is um, the you know the masculine's relation relation to the feminine, not necessarily in the realm of polarity. I think there's enough has been said about that, but how we hold and revere the feminine has to be brought into balance. And that should be an intrinsic part of men's work, in my opinion. There is that toxic masculinity that lives in the uh, conscious and unconscious collective has to be dealt with. And the way you deal with that and you face that is by returning to a to a way that the feminine used to be held, which was in reverence and awe. The feminine is the closest expression of nature herself. And man has been trying to control nature without success for as long as we can remember. So men have also been trying to control women for as long as, you know, you can, all you, have, you don't have to look far. You don't have to look far to see, um, you know, laws and, and uh, against women and their uh, choices, um, you know, burkas, uh, you know, uh, clitoris mutilations, child wives. I mean, the list goes on and on. That paradigm is, it, it needs to die. And, and that, that work has to start with men in men's groups on how we relate to the feminine. We need to hold the feminine in awe and reverence. She is the closest thing to the expression of the divine we have. She literally, you know, <laughs> souls come into her and she makes a baby and life comes out of her. Come on, can we do that? Okay, all right, so, you know, we can build buildings, that's cool. Right? There's great things that men have. There's great things that women have. And, you know, when we talk masculine and feminine, we're talking energies. But if we're talking about men and women, women should be held in, in awe and reverence uh, as a principle. Now, don't get me wrong. There are unconscious women as much as there are unconscious men. And they have their own work. But I think we have a little bit more catch-up work to do here as a community of men. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to, I want to probe a little bit and just make sure I'm not hearing this wrong. And like, you're not low key saying we need to be nice. No more Mr. Nice guy from that, like that narrative. Oh, no. Like, no, no, yeah. I know, no, I've right? already, no, no, no. I've already addressed the fact that, you know, we can't talk away the warrior. Like there's nothing yeah. more beautiful and sexy to a woman than a man that's a fucking warrior that's connected to his heart. Amen. Cool. Like, like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Make, up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about as a principle, you know, when, you know, it, 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 you know, Kings wouldn't go to war until they spoke to an Oracle. They wouldn't go to war until, and why would they go to the Oracle? Mm -hmm. And why were the Oracle's women? Yeah. 
because they're intrinsically connected to the natural world in a deep, deep, deep way. In such a way that life chose them to become the expression of creation. Mm. The microcosm of creation runs through the feminine. Dude, if we did that, we should be held in awe and reverence. We don't. We're certainly fucking trying. <laughs> we certainly Trying to fucking are. figure out how to have men have babies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to digress, but I think the way we relate to the feminine has to be a part of men's work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it rears its head, whether we choose to or not, you know, you and I have led many different men's groups and, and the topic of the feminine always rears its head. It's the one thing that a lot of men are up, up against that rattle them, that rattle their cage that, you know, they have sleepless nights over. It's, it, it, it comes back to the feminine, to the feminine, to the feminine. And um, for a reason, for a good reason. And I'm absolutely not saying abdicate to, to the feminine or become passive or, you know, I've already made myself really clear about that. Yes. You know, my, my wife is incredibly strong, super, super strong woman. You know, there's no fucking way I could even, I don't want to, but control her, lose, 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 head on a platter, lose. Like, so, um, but that doesn't mean I abdicate who I am and my power and my truth. Well said. I speak my truth. I speak my needs. I speak my truth. And if there's alignment, then we choose each other every day without attachment or some sort of trauma bonding. We choose each other. We choose to come and live this life, right? We have a kid together. We have four kids all together. It's like, we, but we still choose each other, you know? So there has to be a harmony brought back to that relationship between men and women. Okay. The same way man needs to realign himself and harmonize himself back into relationship with the natural world. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to fucking drill the shit out of the earth. So some fucking CEO can make an extra $3 million. It's not okay. And who is on the front line? The indigenous. The indigenous. They're on the front line protesting every time they're trying to pollute their water or desecrate a mountain. We have to return to the earth. Yeah. That connection and as a result, you will know your power. You will know your power because it's intrinsic and it's inherent. Yeah. You know, Amir, one of the one of the things that I have had to look at in myself around my connection with nature is that I'm not bigger than nature. I'm a part of nature. We're a part of it. And to do damage to nature is to do damage to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Big realization for me. And I'm like listening to you here the past almost hour now. And, you know, I'm understanding 
a little bit more of your flavor, you know, why you choose to, to bring a shamanistic energy vibration to the way you hold space and the way you serve. And I honor you for that, brother. It's a unique flavor. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like we can talk for hours. You know, could you want to, do you want to begin to close us off here? I want to just make sure that yeah. we are on time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as we close out, I just, I just want to say thank you for making time, dude. You know, and, and there was something that Andy and I, we were looking at, yo, like we, for ourselves and our growth, dude, just being in your presence. And I say every time I get around, like, I just want to be held. And I feel like I've been held in another texture from you right now. And I just want to honor and respect you for that. And, and I know for both Andy and I, it's, it's our way of sitting at the feet of the men that have gone before us to learn and pick their brain. And again, not to put them on a pedestal, but just to get around their energy, to get around their frequency. Maybe just something will rub off on something that they'll say will rub off on us and we can take it back to our community. And I love that you even, that you would consider our, our 1000 or 10,000, a part of your 100 million. Like, Let's fucking go, man. Like, yeah. I, I want to make that fucking happen, dude. Yeah. So, so thank you. Yeah. And, thank you. you. Know, and, and that's, listen, and you listen to your thing. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. It won't let you, it won't, it won't, it won't guide you astray. So I really, I, I just, I just want to uh, say that I'm proud of both of you for putting yourselves out there, for um, opening your hearts to other men and for, kind of finding your footing you know we all started somewhere and um i just encourage you to um stay the path and know that you have support um um within embodied masculine um uh, and through me anytime that you need it i'm an open source an open book and available aho brother beautiful any, you know, any final words or expressions from your heart, Amir, in closing, you feel like, okay, this piece needs to be transmitted so that there's a completeness uh, to our time today. I would just say, you know, um, for each man to, you know, they, their, their, their mind, uh, their minds may be busy and their attention may be hijacked a little bit by their mind, but really listen to your heart and where the heart knows the way and um uh, and you know that treat that treat that heart space as a small flicker and spend time with it and nurture it and like any relationship that you invest your time and attention to it'll grow it'll grow in warmth it'll grow in in um guiding you and it will not guide you astray and the best is yet to come Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. You're, uh -oh. <laughs> all right, brother. We got to have you on again. But uh, this was a sweet, sweet um, time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to get this uh, this message of this episode out to people. So mm -hmm. um, all the best to you, okay? Thank you so much, man. Take care of yourself. God bless. Right. Peace. Goddess, goddess bless. See you. God, the goddess, God bless. <laughs> See you.
right, so there we have it. Thank you for joining us. We're definitely going to have Amir back on sometime. I felt like we could have went in three, four, five, six, seven, eight different directions. So we'll definitely have him back on and we'll pick a thread and continue this conversation. Want to let everybody know that the Kings of Hearts has a couple of really great experiences that we provide for our community. You know, one is a live event called Heart to Heart. This is hosted in Calgary, Alberta. So if you're located in the region of Alberta, Canada, and you're looking for a community, this is, I'm speaking to both men and women here. This is open to all. We have powerful conversations. You name the topic, we've, we've probably have been there. And it's just a great, it's a great experience to go a couple layers deeper with people that maybe you don't even know. And we've, we have found medicine in that. Over these years, we've been doing Heart to Hearts now for three, four years now, and it's it's a beautiful, consistent thing. So if you're around, definitely join us. The second experience that I want to invite you all to here, this one's for men specifically, is called King Circle. It is an online container that we have once every two months, 90 minutes, drop-in style for men who are looking for a connection, who are looking to experience men's work, who are looking to get their feet wet in what brotherhood, what men's work, what men's groups is all about without the long-term commitment. That's the reason why we created this container. So drop in, it's hosted by me, Andy here personally. So if this calls to you, I'll leave all the links for this and also for the heart to hearts in the show notes. Click on the link, get your ticket, We'll see you there.